Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What the, the do you boat, do if Tommy boat. called you out? Just laugh. Quality's never going to be any good. That's, that, that is, no, but if it's not even competitive, it, it could yeah. be competitive. The same way, I can, I can only see the fight going exactly the same way. But mm. up 154... I think Errol Spence might be a bit of his former self. Hello and welcome to Talk Boxing, episode number 44, with me, Spencer Oliver, and him, Mr. Cole Froch. Now, guys, before we get on with the show, please could you like the videos and subscribe to the channel. Cole, replacement for Mr. Jordan this week. Great to have you back, mate. Great to be here. Is that what I'm doing? Replacing Simon Jordan? Yeah, you're replacing him for a week, mate. But do you know Big why? I think, the, I think the numbers were dropping. We needed to bring the oh, yeah. Cobra back. That's what it was. That's a bit Anyway, harsh, actually, <laughs> let's talk about your show, actually. Your YouTube show. What is it? At home with the Frotches or something? We're like, we're like a big family, what? aren't we, at TalkSport? <laughs> plugging each other. I give, I give TalkSport a little plug the other day. But yeah, but it's not at home with the Frotches, no. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, sorry, mate. What is it? Frotch on, fight, Frotch on fighting. Uh, so, yeah, great show you're doing there, by the way. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, My wife asks the questions. I answer and talk a bit of boxing. And um, it's all natural. It's all just nice. flows. I like to nice. just be home. Um, you know what I'm like. like so it's not at home with the Frotches. We are actually so at home, yeah. I've in my gym or in my little trophy oh, room. Right. You know my trophy room that's got two WBC titles and IBF and WBA <laughs> and a British title. Did you get anything for um, packing out Wembley Stadium, 80,000 people? How do you mean? Did I get anything? Did they give you a plaque or anything? Because it was well, like, it, like you created a bit of history there, <laughs> yeah, didn't you? I, yeah, I got a glass plate on a little shelf, mate, in my, oh, nice. in my trophy room. You've not seen it? <laughs> Did you get anything to pack it out when we say You ain't invited me up there, mate. You're sick of me talking about it, aren't you? Listen, let's get on with the show. Um, Saturday night, Misfits Misfits Boxing. I want to get, Cole, your thoughts on on the event itself. I mean, what do you you make of YouTube boxing? Um, Well, the event itself was very good. I thought the quality of the production was great. I thought the the ring entrances, the the fact that the, the place was packed out, Early doors, because usually, like for main event boxing, you mm. only fill the place fills up than it for the main event. So it was nice to see the venue full um, in Manchester. Do you think they've got the concept right? Yeah, because but they've got such a big reach, got a big demographic of these followers that follow the YouTubers. So there's a massive audience, and mm. it's somewhat a bit different. It's a bit, bit glitz and glammy. I mean, look at the ring entrance when KSI came in. He was he was sitting in his Lamborghini, and all them young kids are all impressed with with them kind of material things that, that, that put it out there and it did look good I thought the the show itself the event mm. was good it, it would have been nice to be a part of it I can see why people are attracted to going there and walking around and having a look and taking the atmosphere and having mm. a having a good night the problem is which you're probably going to talk about in a minute but the problem is when the boxing starts um, it's just rubbish the mm. actual the actual it's not even competitive but the, the fighting the events that you're going to watch 
Imagine packing out Wembley Stadium. I know you can only imagine it. But imagine packing out Wembley Stadium. <laughs> What's it like? With a, with a Champions League <laughs> final. Yeah? yeah? Yeah, So you've got a massive football. You've got all the crowd there. Should, I don't think there'd be 80,000 there actually for football. So anyway, numbers are that side. Think about it. You've sold out the place and all the players are on there. They've limbered up, they've warmed up. The referee's about to blow the whistle. Um, I did mention this on my Frotch on Fighting YouTube channel the other day. But when the whistle goes, the players start kicking the ball about. They're falling mm. over, they can't tackle, they can't kick a ball with accuracy, they can't sprint because they've got no strength and power and technique. They don't know what they're doing. So can you imagine you've got that big event and all of a sudden, when the, when the game's on, mm. you're sitting there bored and you've got a massive anticlimax. And for me, I mean, I don't know how, whether all the, all the kids that turn up to these event, this event the other day with Tommy Fiore and KSI, whether they enjoyed it. But for me, I'd be sitting there thinking, all this build-up, all this glitz and glam, and look at the quality of the actual you, fight. It's rubbish. Yeah, do you know what it was? The, the two main events really let themselves down, and we'll get into them, we'll break them down, which was KSI, obviously Tommy Fury, Logan Paul, and, and Dylan Dennis. We'll, we'll get into them. I in didn't hear the break. undercard was a bit more. But the undercard, did you not see the Couple undercard? Couple of tear-ups, so no, I went out to watch it. kid called Salt Pappy, he got beat by Slim, but that was a great fight, as in... The quality was not good, yeah. but it was a great fight. And that's what you, know what you want to see. And then we had Even if one. it's a pub brawl, you enjoy yeah. it if, if they're exchanging yeah. and landing blows. Yeah. And then you had another one, Dean the Great Boxing, a kid called Wallied Sharks. But for me, I mean, that was an unbelievable... The, the, the courage that this shark showed, so the hang in there. The referee should have stopped the fight, by the way. That's another concern for me, is these effectively white-collar fights, and you see them, you've got referee, refereeing going in there, they've got 10-ounce gloves, the referees are no head guards, and they're allowing it to go on, Are the referees go... got any kind of experience, or do they need to pass any kind of licensing or testing? Well, or yeah, there's, you've got people like Ian John Lewis were working there. Like, you know, yeah, they're, but they're... who refereed the KSI... Um... I don't know who, I can't remember who the referee was. Because he didn't have a clue. Nah. He should nah. have kept breaking them up. Totally. And, yeah. and tell them stop holding. And let's That's, get... that, is, that is one of the problems. Maybe the officials that they're using around this, because like a couple of them fights, like I mentioned there, yeah, but the John Lewis is they were it? allowed to go on too long. They yeah, were allowed absolutely. to go on too long. And then you get your two main events. We go with Logan Paul, Dylan Dennis. Yeah. You know, you see what went on there. I mean, them two had a big online on and off. Like Dylan yeah. Dennis was getting yeah. personal yeah. about his fiance, etc. Things broke out. So let's go back to the press conference quickly. Let's talk about a little bit about the press conference. When they got there, the setup again was great. The turnout was unbelievable. The numbers that they're creating are incredible. You get there and then they all just they all just lost it basically. Yeah. You know, like the reality's kicking, emotions start running high, they start getting really personal. Then there's I think Dylan Dennis hit Logan Paul with a microphone, split his eye. Is that what he threw at him? Yeah, yeah, he hit me. It's very dangerous. I mean stupid. What do you what do you make of that? Like, listen, I think they've got the concept right, but I think they're just they're going a little bit too far, a little bit over the top. Overselling it. Overselling Trying it. Trying too hard to. But to that's generate. what they're all about, right? Numbers. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're going to get the numbers anyway because they've got a big following. But to mm. do to do that, I mean, if it was a licensed event, they'd be yeah. banned. They'd be fined heavily. Um, they'd be they'd be reprimanded. Mm. And I don't think they're getting their punishment. Or there's no real serious ramifications for, for their actions in, in, in which the, the way they behave. And mm. to throw a microphone, which has got sharp edges, they're quite heavy, these microphones. People, if you're not held one, they're quite heavy and bulky. They've got battery yeah. the batteries inside them. And yeah. um, Dylan Dennis threw it straight into Logan Paul's side of his face, cutting, yeah. cutting his face and bruising him. Yeah. That's out of order. It's unacceptable behaviour and it shouldn't happen. But it did happen and it does happen time and time again on these Misfits events and his YouTube. And, and that's because they're not... They don't understand what they're doing and they think it's all one big laugh and a joke and a big game. And that's the problem, I think. Mm. It, it kind of um, it undermines 
professional boxing. But I'm at the stage now where I've talked about it that much. I feel we should stop talking about it. And here we are talking about it. Yeah, but, but you know what it is? I think that what people have got to understand, Cole, and I'm with you on this one, mate. It's not like... I think that people have got to understand it's got its own space. Like, you've got your professional boxing, yeah, and I know the professional boxers are moaning about the money that these guys are earning, but we live in a world that's about self-promotion, and that's what they do. That's, that's their world, where they self-promote, they've got big YouTube followers, etc. But we've got to understand that there is a difference in this YouTube boxing, a space there, and professional boxing. Yeah, they use boxing as the umbrella, but it's not professional boxing. It's never going to be, is that's it? That's all well and good. But when, he's, when you've got people like Tommy Fury, who's actually a professional boxer, a licensed professional, getting involved and fighting, his brother turns up, Tyson Fury, who's obviously the, the most renowned yeah. heavyweight in world boxing right now. If he's turning up to these events and you've got Tommy in there, then you, it is a crossover mm. between professional yeah. boxing and misfits boxing or joke shop boxing or play fighting or whatever you want to call it. A load of crap as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Because they're not, they're not qualified, they're not experienced, they're not good enough to be in the boxing ring. They'd probably be better off wrestling. Mm. Or, or doing some kind of, I don't know, controlled cage fight because they can't box. The technique is so poor. Yeah. As soon as that bell goes, like I said earlier, mm. I switch off. And the, your... the pub I was in, watching it, South mm. Bank in Nottingham, give them a little plug there, the, the bar was full of, of kids. And when I say kids, 18 up to about 23, 24-year-olds, I'm 46, so they're kids to me, young, young men and women, mm. and they was booing. And they were shaking their head and they was coming over to me saying, what do you think of that? What a load of rubbish. I'm mm. thinking, well, you're here, getting yeah. all excited yeah, watching yeah. it. And they're <laughs> filling this venue. So I think eventually this is gonna, it's going to do itself out with these performances. People are going to switch off from it and stop turning up. Because yeah. who have you got? Jake Paul, Logan Paul, KSI, that Dylan Dad. Who else is like leading the pack to, to, to make these well, fights? That, that's, the, that's the question. Like, who's gonna, like you say, I think it may have guys. run its course, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean... You talk about appetise. I mean, we we talked about we're, we're doing the live broadcast of that show. There was 2.2 million or 2.3 million viewers, viewers watching, watching us it. commentate. Yeah. So they couldn't even see the fight. They're watching us commentate. That shows you the yeah. appetite for the younger generation. I watched I that suppose. one actually. It was pretty good though, to be yeah. fair. Yeah, He's put on a good yeah. show. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Listen, like you were talking about the crossover there with Tommy Fury, and he said at the end of that, yeah, that's it now. It's me done. I've done this. I've boxed Jake Paul. I've done KSI now. Now I'm going back into real boxing. Will he go back into real boxing? The reason I ask that question, he's probably got the best part of three million quid for fighting someone there who's, who can't fight in KSI. Absolutely. He's not a professional boxer. No. Or he goes back and you go, well, where's he at? Is he British title level? Is he, you know, where, what sort of money are you talking about? 50-odd grand, something like around that. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Do you think that he will go back to professional boxing or do you think the money's too tempting to be there? I don't think he'll go back into professional boxing. And, and, and where's he going to go if he does? I mean, let's look at what we've got coming up this weekend with mm. Dan Aziz and um, Joshua Boatsy. Yeah. So they're light heavyweights. Mm. OK, they're probably just above British level. They're, they're going to be fighting for a world title soon. Um, mm. I'm, I'm talking about a proper world title, not, not a WBO or an IBO. Yeah. So hopefully if they get up there, that's what it'll be. And, and, and if you look at that level, that's the sort of level where... Tommy Fury wants to be aiming towards. Mm. That's where he eventually wants to go. He's a million miles away from that. Yeah. And the bigger problem he's got is, money-wise and earnings-wise, he's also a million miles away. He's a million pounds away from that because he's earning mm. seven figures yeah. doing these joke shop fights that, yeah. that are rubbish to watch. And he, do, he gets out of the ring, he hasn't got a mark on him. He's got no aches mm. and pains, no bumps and bruises because he's not really been hit with yeah, a shot. Both of them got out with not a mark on them. Um, so to, to think that 
he's going to go into professional boxing, following on from what he's got now, is you're in dream world. It's not going to happen. And if he does want to become a professional boxer, mm. he's going to get the shock of his life because yeah. he's not going to generate the money. So he's going to go, oh, how much am I going to get paid for fighting him? All right, okay. Right, and then he's going to try and drum up some interest in the, um, mm. in the misfits because he's done very well. He's earning a fortune. He's got his own crossover. He's, he's, he's married to Molly May, who's, who's a big public figure now. And he was also on that Love Island. So yeah. he's a bit of a... He's a bit of a celebrity, glamorous kind of in social media star anyway himself in his own right. And fair play to him. He's maximising it money-wise. You don't want to get hit in the face and punched in the head mm. if you're I not mean, getting paid maximum that, he, money. He so called out Conor uh, McGregor, didn't he? He, <coughs> he out did, Conor yeah. McGregor on that. I know Conor... Well, there you go. Yeah, there's not... well, I mean, where, do you, where, where would you put him in a fight like that? Because McGregor would probably look at that and go, you know what? That's a great way to earn a few quid there. I mean, he would probably go for that. Conor McGregor struggles to box, doesn't he? Do you think he beats Tommy Fury? Um, no. no. No? I don't think he's big enough. And what would you do if Tommy called you out? Just laugh. Would you fight him? Would you box him one of these? Mate, that would be... Listen, I'm not lucky enough for somebody like Tommy Fury to call me out. I'd 100% fight him because... What if McGregor he's not, you out? He's not ready go. for the level. Even though I've been retired nine years, there's levels to the game. There's levels. Mm. And he's not of that level. So I think he should stick to doing the um, misfit stuff, mm. cash in and get out of the game when he's made the money because that's going to be, you can look back and say, I've had a great career. I ain't, I ain't got a mark on me. Mm. I've not had one. I had five operations. I've been concussed. I don't know how many times. I've never been knocked out. Um, and I had a tough, hard career. And that was professional boxing as it, as it is. For most 99% mm. of fighters now, that's the career they have. And if they're lucky enough to fight for a world title and win a world title and defend it, they might be amongst the 1% that get out financially free mm. with the brain cells intact. But Tommy Fiore's doing something that is in a very small privileged few that mm. are able to do. Generate massive wealth for fights that aren't even fights like we saw the other day. It wasn't a box. It wasn't a fight. It wasn't competitive. It was rubbish. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. No, both of them got, didn't get a mark on them. So whilst he can do it, whilst it's there, I'd say to him, take it. But forget about professional boxing because he's going backwards now. What he's doing fighting KSI and, and Jake Paul... He's going backwards. He's, he's, he's losing the ability to fight properly. Mm. I don't know who he's sparring or what he's doing, but he couldn't even set anything up. He couldn't throw a jab. He's got no head movement, no foot feints, no lateral movements, all straight lines. All he had to do was time KSI coming in. Little fake, let, Tommy, let, let KSI fall in, throw the uppercut. He didn't throw one uppercut in 18 minutes. Six three-minute rounds, he didn't throw one uppercut. So he hasn't got a clue how to fight properly in a professional capacity. So... Stick to what you're doing. Keep killing it. Keep making your money. Keep that pretty face. And I'm not knocking him. He's done well. Listen from a business point I admire him. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. And, and he's, he's one of the very few people that can do what he's doing. So do it. Maximise it. Rip the arse out of it. Then retire from it. Don't try and be a professional boxer. Got, I've got to say, though, mate, I think, you know, from the entertainment point of view, I thought it was brilliant on, on Saturday night. I thought, I, honestly, I thought... They, you what, know, they the, the, hang on. Chief support main event, you thought no, it was entertaining? No, no, no. no. I've, I've said, as, from the entertainment, as in... As, 
as a spectacle, as an event, from the event point of view, sorry. Yeah, well, yeah was so event, was you entertained the, then? I was, I was entertained. What with? The undercard, not right, the two okay. main events. So the two, the so Chief Support, yeah. the main event, yeah. was a load of rubbish. Chief Support main event was and rubbish. And that's why you turn up, that's what you're there for. No. That's the main Yeah, set. I know, but what I'm saying is, as an event, I thought it was good, I yeah. enjoyed it. The event was good, but the, yeah. the, the fighting the and the content yeah. and the... the the quality of the fight was crap. The quality is never going to be any good. That's, that, that is, no, but if it's not even competitive, it, it could yeah. be competitive. If, if mm. KSI would have had a swing up and Tommy Fury would have obligated and obliged and stood in front of him and had a bit of a fight, that might have been a great event. But because they both absolutely ran and held and come together and clinched and the referee was useless, it yeah. just made for a terrible fight. And the, Jake, the Logan Paul fight against Dylan Dennis, that was also a shutout. Yeah. Dennis not, not throwing any punches. And Logan Paul just swinging, swinging yeah. away. So yeah. you weren't entertained. Yeah. You need to retract that. You wasn't entertained. You were sitting I, there bored I, stiff. I, I, no, I enjoyed it. You enjoyed the two I fights. Think you'll see it actually. Only 2.2 yeah. million people that watched our live commentary it's all that you was enjoying it. it. Yeah. But anyway, look. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's talk yeah. about a real fight. The O2. There's a live and exclusive on Talk Sport, by the way, mm. on Saturday night. Joshua Boatsy, WBA number one against Dan Aziz, uh, WBA number two. Now that is a real fight. That's the part I'm looking forward to. You yeah. looking forward to that? Dan Aziz, decent, 35 years old, is a, is a fan's favourite. Best wins, Jose Burton and yeah. Rocky Fielding. Yeah. I yeah. mean, probably better, best wins than Boatsy. Um, Boatsy had Craig Richards. I mean, that was a good win against yeah. Craig Richards. Craig Richards is close, underrated. Close fight. Way. Yeah, Richards is underrated. I mean, he, he probably pushed, is underrated. Yeah. He, he, but what I'm saying is, you, you've, got to, you've got to say, what have they done and what level they're They're all ranked with the, with the major governing mm. bodies, the IBF, the WBC and the WBA. Nobody really cares about the WBO anymore, do they? Have they yeah. ever bothered about the WBO? Um, it is what it is. But um, both of these fighters, I think, are in there to win. They're both ambitious. And I think it will be a good fight. I'm making um, Boatsy a slight favourite on that mm. one. He's, he's a bit, what is he, 32 years old? Well, they, they, they've got history together, haven't they? Because Boatsy was actually the kid that done, was it 2016 Olympics? He, he was in the Olympics. Dan Aziz was in the gym. He's relatively, he was, he was slipped under the radar. He's relatively unknown. He's not, he's not a fan's favourite. Yeah. He, he doesn't really, he doesn't give much, does he? And he doesn't but it, 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 create it, much attention. Explain this though, right, to the guys. So like Dan Aziz is in there looking at Josh. They're in the same gym. Joshua Boatz is the kid. You know when you're in an amateur gym and you've yeah. got the kid and you go, you, everyone aspires to be this guy, you know what I mean? This yeah. guy's inspiring me. I want to get there. Aziz was in that position. Then Dan Aziz, sort of like, uh, he had a mediocre amateur career, went away, done a, a finance degree, got, you know, got good education behind him, then come back. And he's done it the hard way, hasn't he? Like, he's done like Southern area, English, English British, British common, and European. First, first ever Brit to do that, yeah. I think. It'd, it'd be nice for him to win the British title outright, actually. Yeah. I think he's one or two away from that. Yeah. But, but, but like he, otherwise, he, at 35 years old, he's doing the right thing. But he's in the gym looking at Boatsy. Boatsy's the main kid. Yeah. Right? He's the one doing the Olympics, etc. He turns over in the blaze of glory and you know he's doing what he's doing. Like you say, he's now gone under the radar a little bit. But then Dan Aziz has done it that hard way. And now all of a sudden he finds himself topping the bill, mm. the O2, and they're fighting each other for the right to box for the world title, the world effectively, title, yeah. which would be like Dimitri Bibble or someone like that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is he finds himself... How does he go into that mentally? Like, as in, this is a guy that I've always looked up to. Now, all of a sudden, I'm fighting him. But do you think that that gives him... Does, does he feed off that, or is that going to be difficult for him? I think boxing as an amateur, you, you fight people who you know, and you fight your mates, and sometimes yeah. from the same gym or the same camp when you box for England. So I just think the professionalism of, of him, he'll just think to himself, I need to switch that was off a long from the time fact... Ago. Switch off from yeah. the fact that I know him, and maybe use that as... Be a bit angry about it. Mm. Say, listen, I think I'm better than you. You're getting a bit more attention than me, but I've got a better record than you. Mm. 
Mm. And this is his, this is his last chance. He's, he's 35 years old as he is, yeah. so he needs to get a move on. And um, I think he believes in himself and he's got a real good, strong chance. I'm making Boatsy the favourite just because I think he's a bit more of a tidier boxer and he's, he's, he's got a better amateur pedigree mm. and he's more well-schooled. But who knows? He's not Aziz really... Aziz has got, got that old-school sort of mentality, mm. though. His persistence just keeps coming. Yeah. Like you say, Boatsy's the more spiteful puncher for me out of the two. And I'm, I'm with you. I, I lean towards Boatsy. Mm. I think that I make him a slight favourite, very slight. Yeah. But Aziz has got the momentum with him at the moment. It's an interesting one, isn't it? It is, yeah. Very, yeah. very interesting fight. Yeah. It is a pick and winner. It's very close, but I think you've got to make um, you've got to make Boatsy the favourite. Do you like to see the winner of that fight, Anthony Yard? I mean, I think that is Yard has made it. He's been quite vocal about it, saying, "Listen, he, he would like to fight Joshua Boatsy." I was about he, to say he'd, he'd like definitely take, built yeah. for it. One a Yard, he'd built for it. I mean, yeah. what's his? He lost to Baturbiev. Yeah. Um, he put a good performance against Petrobiev and Kovalev before yeah. as well. Inexperience let him down. Yeah, yeah, and he was, uh, yeah. I think he yeah. let himself down a little bit in that one yeah. as well. I think he just kind of didn't go in there believing in himself. Mm. Um, but yeah, good fighter. Would you like the winner to fight um, Anthony Yard? Yeah, potentially. I think Anthony Yard would definitely take it. I think it'd be a, a good opportunity for Anthony Yard to, to see if he belongs mm. in that. I mean, we know he belongs because he's been in with the, the best. The, the monster, better be have. I mean, yeah. he had 19 fights, 19 by way of. Put them I all thought he'd done well in that fight. He did. He was doing all right, but then the, the power of Baturbiev. I mean, yeah. is he fighting Callum Smith next? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a tough fight for Smith. that fight, actually. Yeah. It's tough it's for Smith on the, off the back of what he's been doing. I mean, mm. Smith's best win, what is it, George Groves? I mean, mm. come on, and, and Groves, it, Groves was Smith's kind of, a good fighter, though. He's a good fighter, but he needs to, I mean, to say the accolades he's had, he needs to, he needs mm. to start fighting people. So now he's fighting Baturbiev, then fair enough, that's, yeah. that's his big fight, but. Um, yeah, back to what you were saying, Anthony Yard yeah. against the winner of these two, oh, yeah. I, think's, um, I think that's a good that, shout. That, that's an obvious move, isn't it? I mean, that, that would be a great fight. I mean, Anthony Yard versus Boatsy is a fight that I think has been talked about for a while. Yeah. Dan Aziz that is, sounds like a tasty fight, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, Dan Aziz has come sort of out, of, it's not out of nowhere because he's done it the old school hard way and no. he's come up through the ranks and put his name in the mix. And that might, but that might be the difference, though, in this fight. The yeah. way he's done it the hard way and has come through the rankings is, is, is a good old-fashioned pro that's done it the proper way, like I did. Yeah. Um, he come through the rankings, area title, like you said earlier, English, British, Commonwealth, European. I never got the European title. I went straight to WBC, but I was also mm. getting on a little bit age-wise, turned pro at 25, and I fought for the WBC title rather than sort of wait around to see what was happening with the European. But How did then, that happen? Just opportunity, because you must have been world ranked, obviously. To I get think that the European title sure. was vacant, and there was nobody really to fight. And right. I was supposed to fight a guy called Dennis Inkin as an eliminator for the WBC that Joe Calzaghe vacated rather than fight me. And um, when you've got Jean Pascal, an unbeaten, hungry young lion like me, coming over from Canada to fight for a vacant title for me, and mm. uh, after discussing it with Rob McCracken, I was like, "Listen, this guy's unbeaten." I remember him beating Paul Smith for the Commonwealth. Yeah. Um, games as an amateur to win the gold medal. He beat Paul Smith in the Commonwealth final, and I just thought this is because I was always wanted to fight the best. Mm. That's what makes me laugh when people say, "Oh, you swerve cows, I get because I fight anybody, and mm. my record shows that yeah, I fight absolutely. anybody. So yeah, back back to the boys. I just think that would be that'd be mouthwatering fight, it, wouldn't it? It would be, yeah, because because um, what Anthony Odd's done and who he's been in with, and I know he's not won everything, but you can see he's still got the hunger and he still wants mm. to be a world champion. He wants that recognition. So the Boatsy fight for me. It's probably a little bit more juicy than Anthony Odd fighting Dan Aziz. But if yeah. Dan Aziz pulls it off against Boatsy, well, he, he stock rises, yeah. that's a great fight. So let's hope for that one. Yeah, listen, well, look forward to that one. Look forward to Saturday night, actually. Let's, let's jump across the pond. A big fight that's been announced, a rematch that's been announced. Errol Spence versus Terence Crawford. Two 
has been announced. They're looking at maybe early part of next year. What's your thoughts on that? Do you think there's an appetite for that? Because for me, I think it was a, it was a one-sided fight. It was one-sided. I thought one-sided. won that fight quite comfortably. Yeah. And what's your thoughts on that? And Errol Spence not come out and said that he was um, injured or he struggled at the weight? Well, or... look, he was, look it, it was at 147. We know that Spence does struggle at 147. And that's where the re- is that where the rematch is? Yeah, well, I don't know what the rematch pounds. is yet. I don't know where they're going to put that. No, no, weight-wise. Yeah, weight-wise, that's what I'm saying. I don't know what the, what the weights are or anything. I know that they've just announced that they are going to do it. I think he's activated the rematch clause, but I don't know what weight it's going to be. It'd be, it'd be interesting if it was up at one fight. At the same It'd be a different weight, fight if it was at 147. If it's a 1-4-7, I just think it was, like you've said, it was a one-sided whooping. Yeah. It was a domination, pure domination, class performance, wasn't it? Uh, by, well, mate, by, he won, by he Crawford. went over in Crawford, had him down in second... Had him down again in the seventh, stopped him in the ninth. But it was like you say. It was but eight. without the knockdowns, he was dominating. dominating. He was dictating the pace, doing what he wanted to do when he wanted control, to. If he was under any, under any kind of pressure, he'd fire back and get the best of the argument. So at 1-4-7, at the same way, I can, I can only see the fight going exactly the same way. But mm. up at 154, I think Errol Spence might be a bit of his former self and he might bring back the old Errol Spence. What adjustments has Spence got to make? What, what would he have to make? Because like looking back at that, I watched that fight this morning actually. I went over it. I went and looked at the highlights of that fight again. And I was just going, you just recognise the brilliance of Terence Crawford. Yeah. I think he's going to go down as one of the greatest of all time, Terence Crawford. He's heading that way. Not just it? this era. Because the way that he dominated and controlled that fight, and Errol Spencer was a great fighter, he, he made it look simple. And you just go, how much more to his, you know, how much more to his game has he got? Can Errol Spence bring anything to the table, do you think? Can he, can he do any sort of adjustments? I don't think he needs to make any adjustments because he's a brilliant fighter. He's, he's a fantastic talent, Errol Spence. Um, and I just think on the night, he just looked like he was jaded. For me, yeah. I'm not going to take anything away from Terence Crawford's performance because he was catching him on the outside. He was, he was counter-punching on the back foot, um, Terence Crawford was, yeah. to start with. And then he started to counter-punch on the front foot. So he was triggering Errol Spence, then firing back with big shots, combination and heavy punches as well. Errol Spence couldn't do anything, whether he was on his front foot or back foot, centre of the ring, up close, at range. Terence Crawford just absolutely annihilated him in every department, what you would look at as a trainer. So going yeah. into the rematch, you'd just say, listen, this guy's got your number. You're not good enough. Unfortunately, you're not good enough. And to say that about somebody like Errol Spence, it sounds ridiculous because he's such a talented fighter. So I just think maybe he was a bit drained at 147. Maybe he was jaded and he just didn't have that engine and that energy. And it did look like he didn't have the engine mm. and the energy. Because when he was getting clipped, he was hurt. Up close, mm. he didn't have the strength. So up at 154, this could be a real humdinger. So let's yeah. see where, what weight the fight gets made at. Because I can't see Errol Spence jumping in under the same circumstances and the same rules and situations as that first fight. Because it was an absolute bloody whooping, wasn't it? Brilliant. Cobra, as always. Great having you back in the studio, mate. Um, good to be here. Yeah, brilliant. So that's it for episode number 44 of Talk Boxing with myself and the Cobra, Mr. Cole Froch. Remember, don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channels, and I'll see you next time. What about week. the Cobra's channel? What about the Cobra's channel? What is it at home with the Froch? Forget that. Froch on fighting, <laughs> the Cobra, and with the missus. It's not at home with the Cobra. This might not get used, but if it does, get on my channel, Froch on fighting, hit like, share it, and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you very much. See you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.